0: The Interesting Conversations with Interesting People Podcast Series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Podcast. Please like the podcast Podcast. and subscribe to this channel. Thank you. The very best way to promote your podcasts. Podpage makes it easy to create a podcast website with just a few clicks. Every page is optimized to be found on Google and it stays up to date forever. For more information, visit podpage.com, the future of podcast promotion. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out
1: now.
2: Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices.
1: Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons.
2: How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book. That could change your life.
1: Available from amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available.
2: Author Queen P. When the Mood is Right, A Poetry Journey, Mood Swings, and When the Mood Is Right, A Rebirth. Books available on Amazon and all good bookstores.
0: Hi, I'm Queen P., author of When the Mood Is Right, A Poetry Journey, and Mood Swings. Please join me by tuning into my poetry podcast, The Royal Affair. On Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, and all other similar platforms. I'm hoping that this podcast will motivate you, inspire you, uplift you, and make you think about where you are in life, as well as seeing how far you have grown throughout your life's journey. You can also listen to the podcast on the Helium Radio Network on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You have entered into the royal affair. Join Queen P for the Royal Affair Poetry Podcast. Get ready for takeoff.
2: Welcome back to my Interesting Conversations with Interesting People podcast series. My guest for this episode is the director and CEO of the organization Freedom from Abuse. She is also the winner of the award Inspirational Woman of the Year 2017, Marilyn Hawes. Hi Marilyn, welcome to my podcast series. How are
1: you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
2: Thank you for being here. So where do you live at the moment?
1: I live in Bedfordshire, uh, right in the middle of nowhere really. It's very nice. Uh, near Woburn, near the Safari Park, at the Duke of Bedford owns. Very rural around here. It's lovely, really lovely. All horses and deer and very nice. So did you grow up there? No, no, no. I'm Southampton born. So, although I'm a city girl, I've never liked city life. Um, I've always, always liked to live in the country. I lived in London for a while, lived in Portugal for a while by the sea, but I, I just love being in the country. I love the isolation actually, and I like the I like the peace and quiet because the work I do is really is really challenging. So it's really nice to have that peace and quiet and just feel grounded a bit by nature. You know, went to school there in Southampton. And then I left to go to London in my 20s, got married, was married with a domestic abuse relationship for 19 years before I left and then made myself homeless so I could get away. And then my friend took me in uh, with uh, my, my older two children. She was also just divorced and it had also come out of a, a domestic abuse uh, relationship. And we were actually both teachers together at another school And then the twin boys went to stay with my head teacher friend, who ended up being their abuser. So it's a very dark background, really.
2: Well, I understand you're an advocate for people who have been sexually abused. Is that a direct result regarding what happened to your children?
1: Yeah, definitely. When that happened, I was so shocked. I could not believe it when the police turned up at my doorstep to question me about this Friend of mine who'd been my best friend for 17 years and my boss for 10 years. And I thought, what are you talking about? And they kept going on about this grooming. And you're going back to 2002. So you're going back 20 years. And I didn't know what grooming was. You never heard the word. And then I asked the police to explain what it was about befriending and this, that, and the other. I accused the uh, police actually of being abusive because this guy was my best friend. And then, you know, can you think of anybody else? And they interviewed my boys separately. And my eldest boy was over 18, but the twins were then only 16. They'd just gone into the sixth form. So they couldn't tell me what the older boy had said because he was over 18. But they did say to me with the the, the twins, we do believe they've been abused. We believe that they've most definitely they've been groomed, that you all have been, in plain sight. And I still didn't understand it. And, And then they explained what grooming was, how long it takes to actually assert that that sense of trust you know and of course they target vulnerable people so when I was then working with him and he was my best friend he knew I was trying to get out of this abusive relationship so I actually say this actually in relation to the poor souls in Ukraine these women are vulnerable their children are therefore vulnerable and when you're vulnerable you don't think straight because you're so vulnerable and then this angel of mercy comes along out of the wings. Because they are watching and waiting all the time. And then they pounce. But they've been there all the time, working their tricks in this duplicitous way. And so, of course, that was a perfect opportunity for him. Then I got I got divorced. I, you know, the boys went to live with him. He wasn't some old man on his own. He was a nice guy. He had other people living in his house. He had a shared mortgage with other people. So, you know, I had to get away. And he, he used that domestic abuse situation as as, as an excuse to, well, his in, really, but then once that all came out and he went to prison, he at first had walked out of the court. Having said he was guilty of other boys as well. And the judge said, oh, you're a very fine teacher. You've got these excellent references. Off you go with a £300 fine. So I thought, I don't think so. So that's when my journey started of going into prisons. And I thought, i got to get my head around this. I can't get my head around it. Do you wake up one day when you're 21? And decide that, oh, I think all of you as children now. Do you, are you born like it? No, you're not. When does that when did it start? Why does it start? So that's when I started going into the prisons and I could then because I knew more people and it was easier to get in than it would be now. And of course you've got COVID and all of that. But I sat with these people and I said, I want to understand at what point. And then I realized it comes from their own adverse experiences. And some of that can be any form of abuse or neglect or some terrible incident that has happened to them. They've ended up in a care home. God forbid they're called that because they're anything but care homes. Some are, obviously, and a lot aren't. And it was very interesting. I could very quickly understand that they also had had terrible experiences so actually were also victims themselves. And it's all about the behaviour. The behaviours are never picked up.
2: So, Marilyn, you created an organisation to support people who have been sexually abused. When did you begin your organisation and what's it called?
1: It's called Freedom from Abuse and it's a CIC, so it's a community interest corporation. So instead of having trustees, we have directors. We've done the charity route and it was just, oh, the number of trustees that would say, oh, yes, I want to be involved in this, helping people that have been abused. And then they realise how challenging and how tricky it is and how difficult it is. You're dealing with broken people all the time. They'd join, they'd resign, they'd join, they'd resign. And in the end, it was my lawyer that said, if I were you, I would change over to a CIC. So you can have, you know, your directors can work for you, whereas a trustee can't. And also you can still take donations, but you have to give a percentage of your profits back to a charity of your choice, which is absolutely fine. That's not a problem. But then I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. The first very few years, it was all about the grooming. I I was passionate that if I missed it, Other teachers would miss it. Other mothers would miss it. How could this possibly occur? So I was very focused on the grooming and the sexual abuse. And then, of course, I began to realise that actually all the abuses link like the Olympic rings. If you've been sexually abused, you've also been physically abused. You've also been emotionally abused. You've probably been verbally abused. And then I got into it longer and deeper, and I realised that with sexual abuse... Absolutely comes domestic abuse and animal abuse. Those three three things link together. So you can't dissect it. So then I started thinking, right, we've now got to extend our training to let's look at, because that was my other thing that I really had experience of, let's look at domestic abuse and see how that links and the harm it does. So I wrote this course called Gotten and Afraid, because I remember in my situation, you think the children are asleep. No, they're not. They've got their ear to the floorboards listening to what's going on. And little people and bigger people sense atmospheres. So even if you're not throwing things like missiles across the room, they sense that very chilled, horrible silence. And in my case, it started off with gaslighting and then coercive control and then also verbal abuse and emotional abuse. All of that was wrapped in together. And towards the end, it became physical So I call it forgotten and afraid because you think, well, the children have to be afraid when they hear someone saying to their mother or their father, I'm going to effing kill you if you don't do that or if you do that. They can't run. They can't get away. So I'm absolutely thrilled that last week, the Crown Prosecution, is now being passed that children who are in the middle of a domestic abuse situation, that is now a criminal. It is abuse. And it will be seen as abuse through the Crown Prosecution Law Courts. And I'm so pleased to see that happen because we've got to listen to children more. And, and it's that toxic shame that silences everybody. And what I would say to anybody, the abuse is not your fault. The person did this for you and made you feel guilty. So in domestic abuse, you're always told it's your fault. Oh, if you had not said that, I wouldn't be thumping you if you hadn't done that. So if you're a nice person, you know, you like do take that blame on. But then I started extending it even more, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. I looked at my ex-husband's childhood, and I thought, he actually had a really weird childhood. So does this go back to it? Do you grow into becoming a domestic abuser? Because are these people also absolutely committed to power and control? Because that's what it is. And I thought, well, we've got the paedophiles that only one power of control, is it the same as domestic abuse? And yes, it is. I and, mean, you know, it's really chilling. So we have um, another course that we do for the younger kids, like, say, from 14-year-olds upwards, recognising, we call it beauty or the beast. Are you going out with a diamond? or Are you going out with an arm? You know, how would you know? Because you don't suddenly become a domestic abuser. And when I go back... To the early years with my ex-husband, when we were dating, the writing was on the wall. He was already doing things that were completely unacceptable. He threw a bowl of hot soup at his mother once because she hadn't laid the table properly. And it was like about a month before we got married. And I remember saying to my dad, that was dreadful what he did. He said, oh, well, you know, you know what he was like. I mean, I got married in 1976. So in those days, parents didn't say like they might now, like, you know, are you mad? Don't go near him. She was, oh, I'm sure he'll change. And of course, they don't. They don't change. So the day I got married to him, we went to Jersey for our honeymoon, right? And I was there going back to the 70s when people have many more manners. And I said, I just want to call my dad to thank him for a lovely wedding. No, you're not doing that. You're married to me now. And I thought, what? And then he said, sit down. We're at this hotel just ride, sit down, I'll get you a drink and don't do what you normally do. Don't start talking to people. What is going
2: on? Some big red flags there.
1: And I'd only been married six hours.
2: So Marilyn, how can people contact you?
1: www.freedom-abuse.org or my mobile 07484 541 727 and my email address is marilyn.haws. that's H-A-W-E-S, that's Marilyn. M-A-R-I-L-Y-N dot Hawes at freedom-abuse.org
2: Marilyn in Bedfordshire, UK thank you very much for your time
0: Thank you Please follow author Nigel Beckle's podcasts on Anchor Amazon Audible Spotify and all major podcasting platforms Thanks